you're doing there's always this feeling of almost despair that it just really sucks to be working maybe not all of you feel this way but a good portion of you do and uh, let's give you the topic of discussion today why do we feel that work sucks and is there anything we can do about it I'm Nick and this is the Tackless Renegade so I think this goes to a point where at the workplace there's a lot of tyranny. And I think internally, subconsciously, we chafe under tyranny. And I had this thought when I was driving home from my job the other day. And I was considering an idea. So just about after the Enlightenment in the West, it was almost unanimously decided uh, though this took, you know, many centuries to really kick off in every country, but, you know, I'm being, for sake of time, that democracy was a value that was worth pursuing. Now, they saw it worth it because before the Enlightenment, there was a lack of education, lack of living standards, and there was feudalism in which peasants worked the land that the Lord owned. And the Lord kept them safe or allowed them to keep some of the products of their labor. And the king or the Lord made the decisions and wars were declared and then peace agreements were signed pretty arbitrarily depending on you know who was in charge that day really. And it was a pretty brutal and bloody time. And then, you know, of course the Enlightenment hit and then democracy was like, hey, wait a minute. If, 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 if it's our lives and we're living in this society with each other, why don't we have a say in it? And I think to this day, nobody really, especially with the advent of the United States that really uh, injected those values even, even deeper, no one really considers that anymore. No one really says, man, I really don't understand why I, I can vote. Uh, why is it that uh, I need to go to the polling box every few years and and elect somebody um most of the time i hear people complain that their vote doesn't matter so they obviously want their vote to mean something and they want to participate in it but um they don't for whatever their reasons may be so we pretty much stopped thinking about why democracy is important politically in our country but we never really considered 
if it would be important in the workplace. And what I want to know is, do we surrender our, you know, if you want to call them natural rights or God-given rights, do we surrender those rights the moment we sign a work contract? The moment we enter a workplace, do our values disappear? Do our rights disappear as human beings? And what I mean by that is, does my ability to have a say over my life suddenly end when I decide to sign part of my life away at the workplace, a place that I'm going to spend most of my time? Um, I would say they shouldn't, and they don't. But the thing is, the way I see it is that the boss, much like the feudal lords of the time, boss or owner, you want to call it, is the workplace dictator. You're told what to wear, when to show up, what to say, where to be, and you have very little say in the matter. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, you have a choice, but I will retort that you don't really have a choice because if the choice is between working this crappy job in which you are making you know minimum wage and you're barely making ends meet and a job that you hate, if it's a choice between that and starvation, unfortunately, there's no choice. And in my mind, and I think a lot of enlightenment values go with this, is that a choice in, involves equal footing on some level. Death and a crappy job, it's not a choice. You have to pick one. There may not be a physical gun to your head, but there is no better alternative. So real choice needs competition or a real alternative. So what makes matters even stranger to me is that in the United States, uh, we fought the Civil War to end slavery. So we made it a principle, starting from the Enlightenment even until then and, and continuing on to nowadays, that having a human work for you in bondage is wrong. It's inhuman. It deprives them of their liberty as a human being. And any arguments of the day, some people even argue it today, which is hard to believe, that slaves, they had it good because they were provided shelter and water and food by their masters. And so it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, that wasn't the point of why we get rid of slavery. We get rid of slavery because it's inhuman. It's wrong. You deprive people of their livelihood, of their pride, of their self-esteem. And I don't think I need to argue why slavery is wrong. But what's interesting to me is that basically working for a wage in, in today's world is basically renting yourself like a slave. So it's okay to rent ourselves and have very little say over what happens in our lives because it's justified by the fact that, hey, we could leave. We could leave because there are other jobs out there that also pay badly and also may treat us the same way. So here's the problem is that work in general, and I think even people who disagree with me will agree with this, is work is an agreement between two parties, the worker and the capitalist, and they both need each other to operate.
in a capitalist world. Now, in order for both sides to be happy, the bargaining power has to be equal on both sides. The issue is that this isn't possible in a capitalist system because there are a lack of minimum wage laws. Unions are almost non-existent in the United States now. And the immense amount of private wealth that is accumulated by these capitalists makes it so their lobbying power outweighs democracy itself. So you can now buy the votes to make sure that you can keep people making as little as possible, to receive as little education as possible, to make them compete with each other, or uh, Chinese people working for pennies in, in their country. Keep the workers undercutting each other and you take all the profits. But I hear, Nick, the capitalist deserves to keep his money. They deserve their share of the money, yes. But let's keep in mind that the capitalist makes their money, their wealth, by shortchanging his workers. So, to put it bluntly, your exploitation is their profit. And what's interesting to me is that what gives products their value, any commodity per se, is what gives it, well, it's, it's the labor behind it that gives it its value. How much work went into something. How much time was spent on it. How much someone used their mind to create it. How many people had their hand in making it is what creates the value. If you really think this through, that's how it works. It's not some abstract uh, Austrian school crap. So if we're creating the value and yet we're getting shortchanged to make the prop for the capitalist, I would say no, he's not entitled to everything. Especially when it's the country, the society, the workers itself, the government itself, of people that make his entrepreneurship, his company, his, his whatever you want to call it, it makes him possible. Who do you think protects his capital by funding the military? He funds part of it, but so does everyone else. And who do you think gets enlisted in the military? It's not going to be his trust fund kids. It's other working class people who are going to be protecting him. Who do you think creates that market? And who do you think subsidizes that market? Where do you think these people coalesce in? Businesses and capitalists, they don't exist in a vacuum. They exist in the society operating along with everyone else. And yet they act as if they're the only ones in the world that they are entitled to escape every regulation, every taxation, and to keep all the profits that are exploited from other people's labor, that same labor that gives the products that they sell, the value. But here's another thing, before I forget. Capitalists rarely work the hardest because a lot of companies, in fact, the most majority of corporations, they're publicly traded and they consist of a board of shareholders that had purchased their way to the top. And what I want to know is why is it that a board of directors gets more say over what happens at, say, Microsoft than the people who wrote the code for Microsoft Office or Windows. Why is it that those guys have very little say? I don't want to hear no no, no excuses like, oh, well, you know, uh, the managers ask what their employees think all the time. Again, that is placation. They're placating 
the workers. I want real choice with real consequences. Why shouldn't that coder at Microsoft have some say, a democratic say, in that company he works for? Real say, a vote, if you will, as to where we are going to sell our products to or what product we invest in next. Wouldn't the coder know if Office needs an update? How does a, a board member, a shareholder, know that? So what can we do? Right? Well, I'm not a violent revolution kind of person. I like to go through things peacefully and democratically. And I've been racking my brain about this. And I read something that the Labor Party of the United Kingdom put out under Jeremy Corbyn. And they proposed a solution that every time a company decides to fold, as in, hey, you know what? Uh, here in Redmond, Washington, we decided that your store in your state across the country isn't profitable enough. So we're just going to close it. And See ya. You're out in the street. Good luck finding another job now. So when a company decides to do that or decides to move overseas, this proposal says that the workers must have an opportunity to purchase the company collectively and that the workers will get a loan from the government to do so. They'll pay back. This is about creating worker co-ops, worker cooperatives in a democratic fashion. So a Worker Cooperative is a company that is collectively owned by the people who work there. Now, this doesn't mean that we've entered the gulags of Russia. So get that drama out of your head. What this means is that the workers will have a democratic say. Now, I've heard people make arguments against it, saying that um, the coder may not know the nuances of business, and so why would he have a vote? But those excuses are the exact same arguments that were used against countries trying to create democracies when there are monarchies. The monarchists made those kinds of arguments. And the founding fathers of the United States, they knew that a pure democracy could result in in some messy deliberation. So why not limit cooperatives like the United States is limited? A representative democracy. In fact, that's what happens now. I have a bank that's a credit union that the people who are members of the bank get to elect the members of the board. So at least you have more say as a company. At least you have some control. And what's more importantly is that under this worker cooperative model, the wealth is not concentrated under one person. At the end of the day, after the owner pays his bills, he doesn't pocket everything else. Instead, because the company is owned collectively by the workers, the money goes back into the company and it exists for its own sake and for the sake of its workers and therefore its consumers. It's not just for the profit of few. I like the Labor Party's proposal. It encourages worker cooperatives in a non-intrusive way. It's a, it's a compromise, yes, but it's a compromise that I could get behind because... I don't like the idea as much as the next guy of going uh, door to door to businesses and ripping people out of their homes by changing things drastically overnight. I'm not expecting that. And I'm not expecting work cooperatives to work all the time. It's going to be flaws. That's the point. 
but it's better than we have now. Other ways that we can help besides cooperatives, of course, is turning to the government, unfortunately. But the government is the people, ideally. And trying to stop lobbying power. Citizens United, that made things very difficult for us. But we need to embolden unions. We need to elect people that are going to help unions so that workers can get a fair shot. We need mandatory sick leave and minimum wage law and maternity leave and paternity leave and paid time off. Less work hours because we're so profitable as a nation. The wealthiest country to ever exist and yet we can't afford for everyone to have health insurance or an education. And we could. If we just thought more democratically. And that's what this is about. So why does work suck? It's because you're meaningless to a, to, to a company. They're asking everything of you. They're asking you to become their workplace rented out slave from nine to five to make pennies to their hundreds of dollars, relatively speaking. And they want you to do it with a smile on your face to participate in... Uh, little group exercises and chants and cult-like crap that they have you do in a lot of these Silicon Valley places to pretend as if everything's fine and that they're not actually ripping you off and exploiting you for their money, for their profit, for their gain. It doesn't have to be this way. It's something I thought about and I wanted to share with you. And I definitely would encourage those of you who want to add to the idea or correct me on a few things. I'm not perfect. Or if you want to disagree, tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, send me a message. I'm trying out a new podcasting streaming service. So you can message me on there. But anyway, I'm Nick. This is the Tackless Renegade. And I thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. And I will see you next time I do another episode. I'm trying to do it like a once a month thing. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, I, I, I do a full-time job to, to work. So once again, thanks.